I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So welcome to the second episode in the new year with um, Eurobytes and so much is happening and uh, I sound like a broken record but whenever you thought for, uh, for a while things might calm down they really really don't and they always pan out in a different way than we thought and uh, one of the ways so we had the farmers protests and whether you call them a general strike or not just depends which way you look at it so they successfully blocked off the traffic all throughout Germany this past Monday, January the 8th. Um, they, the government's efforts to brandish them as extremists or right-wing farmers didn't quite work. There were just too many of them and uh, there were various surveys that showed 69% of all the people in Germany supported the farmers. In comparison, only 11% supported the, the last generation loonies. So just, just to show. So smearing the farmers didn't quite work so then they, they then tried to do it by association saying yeah well the farmers are all right of course they have some legitimate grievances but they have been infiltrated by AFD activists nobody bought it but then I mean it's an old um, adage from public relations if you don't like the conversation change the topic and that was gifted to the government by the courtesy of our internal, one of our many internal spy agencies, the constitution, one of the state constitutional protection agencies or the federal constitutional protection agency. And Fabian, so what was gifted to the government on the silver platter to finally change the conversation and get the public away from being sympathetic to the cause of these pesky farmers and really talk what's really important, what's really dangerous? Over to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, 2024, if you ever if you ever scan YouTube, um, there's all these bizarre people who are doing videos like 2024 will be the worst year ever or the most amazing year. And we'll have aliens in Miami. And uh, uh, what else is happening? The crows are landing all over Houston. And um, yeah, anyways, so let's put it this way. Houston, we have a problem and they found one. Uh, what happened was apparently in the, at the end of November, a conspirative meeting between um, AFD um, functioneers, party members, um, 
as well as um, members of the identitarian movement, um, as well as members of the uh, Werte Union, which is somewhat of a conservative branch within the Christian Democratic Union, the CDU, Germany's conservative party. Can't call it conservative party, but you know what I mean. Um, and um, uh, a descendant of Bismarck, Alexander von Bismarck, who, by the way, has a YouTube channel, which is called Realpolitik with Bismarck. So anyways, <laughs> he um, they all attended this meeting in near Potsdam, which is the old capital of Prussia. And in this meeting, they discussed the notion, apparently, according to the media, about a topic which is called remigration. Uh, remigration, the idea that um, you basically throw out any of the um, asylum seekers, um, you give them a one-way ticket out of the country, um, and that's that. Now, let's be frank, this term remigration is not something that has been um, <clears throat> only tied to Germany. It's something that has been moving around in circles, including the American. I mean, if you read the American conservative Christian, right, you you had the the uh, the article by William Lind on on remigration, where, by the way, he does talk about uh, the European right instituting this. And basically, the idea is that, you know, if, if you can't um, deport people by plane, you put them on a military ship, you put them on a military airplane, you get them out of the country. Now, this conspirative meeting, uh, first of all, what's interesting, Christian, do you find it interesting that somehow they, um, the, 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 the channel, the, the news source that was covering this already had cameras set up at the place. So there's two things that I wonder, number one, either you have a mole within the AFD or they're just incredible amateurs who use like WhatsApp and Facebook to communicate this quite openly. But that's another that's another topic of discussion. The point is that the media is just freaking out over this. This is one of the great reasons now to ban the AFD. One of the very left uh, prime ministers of the Germany's most northern state of Schleswig-Holstein just yesterday announced it's now time to ban the AFD. By the way, this is a member of the conservative party, the CDU. So this is giving them a lot of um, a lot of um, initiative to 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 continue to bash the AFD. Interestingly enough, though, Christian Todd. Guess what's happening in the polls? The AFD is only rising. So that, that's my question. Is is the German public falling for this? No. Okay. Look at the polls. Look at okay. the poll numbers. Okay. The AFD now reached 24%. That's the highest level they've gotten. And this was a poll done yesterday. Hmm. So um, it's... I, th that's the same thing. It's like the right-wing farmers. It's not catching on. Mm -hmm. The uh, remigration debate, it's not, it's not, the, the people I apparently are saying, look, I, uh, or whoever is reading any of the news, they're just, this is, this is, this is nothing news to, to a lot of people. Um, another interesting fact, and I just wanted to mention this regarding the farmers. 
the media, especially sort of the, 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 the mainstream and Christian, I got to tell you, these are just the worst of all. You know, you have the, the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung or any of those newspapers that are the, the, the center. We, we represent the, the, the liberal center. These newspapers have been just bashing the farmers left and right. And they've been saying, well, the farmers have enough. They're rich. They get all the subsidies. What are they whining about? And they don't realize that we are witnessing in Germany, which I would like to use a German term, which is Volkszorn, people's anger, and that is rising in the streets. And you, if you're witnessing these farmers' protests, you're witnessing a couple of things. Number one, you're witnessing that it's not just farmers, but other branches are now joining in too. You have people craftsmen, handiworkers, construction workers, anybody who's who who's doing manual labor, they're starting to join the protest. And there's even people who are of, of the conservative, um, uh, bürgerlich, not bourgeois, but just the, the ordinary middle class is saying, I don't go to protest, but I will protest against this government. So Germans don't go on the street to protest. We're not the French. We don't burn things in front of the parliament. But the people are so incredibly fed up with this government that the people are taking it to the streets. And now for, for this week, the farmers' protests are over. But I don't see them ending in the long run. I think they're going to spur up again. So uh, with that being said, back to you. But... Uh, this one thing is not catching on. And I think the other thing regarding the farmers is just beginning. Mm. There, I mean, there are a couple of interesting aspects. And I mean, again, a lot of layers to, to peel back. So yes, I haven't seen it catching on quite yet. Um, even though they're really trying to make more of the, one of the characters, Martin Zellner, then there's a probably actually to him. So yes, he is identitarian. I mean, that term can mean a variety of things. I haven't really deeply looked into Martin Zenner. I think his identitarianism is more centered along the lines of let's remain Europeans. I'm not sure that he's even dedicated sort of like, oh, let's become an ethnostate and something like this. But be that as it may, even if it is, I mean, it's, you know, he was there as a guest and they were discussing essentially about the very leg legitimate issue. If we are actually saying, and I mean, that's the, main issue about all the quote-unquote refugees that have to come to Germany. Basically, my point is 99.9% .9 of these people who have arrived as refugees in Germany are not refugees. They should have never been accepted because they crossed half a dozen safe countries on their way to Germany. So th thereby, they, in my opinion, they forfeited um, the treatment. And they should have arrived uh, by plane or something like that. Then you're directly in Germany. Then you can have a claim. But on its face, they should have never been accepted. So, and, but even then, even with a generous criteria where essentially Merkel waved at them, everybody who's Syrian, um, we will kind of give you refuge. Now, historically speaking, um, so first of all, the war in Syria is mainly over. Yes, there are parts of the country where they fight. And by the way, a lot of, I mean, there is another um, thing that doesn't escape the public's attention. A lot of the so-called refugees have vacation in the country that they fled. And yeah. those who didn't, who, who are not overtly uh, vacationing in the country that they fled, they have this thing. Once you're an accepted refugee in Germany, you get the chance to reunite with your family, family reunification. So you then get the right to have family members flown in 
And again, it beggars the question, like if suddenly you fly in five people who are then who then also live on the taxpayer's dime, like, well, they seem to be alive and well, the Syrian st state didn't seem to hate them or persecute them or prosecute them badly enough to catch them off the plane. They seem to be just leaving Damascus and then fly in. And I mean, the same, the same goes for the Ukrainian refugees. I'm, I'm sorry to say there are large parts of the country where there is no fighting and um, um, ordinarily that, that would have meant, okay, I mean, my, rep, my relatives were internally displaced people as it was known at the time. So you just move to the part of the country where there's no fighting. So, but, but, you know, again, it's a legitimate debate. You guys last time in the 1950s had an operation where you deported one million Mexicans. I can name that word of that operation in the parlance of that time because that's just an unnecessary slur. <laughs> but you know, it 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 exists. Um, yeah. But there's something else. Why still um, the government has somewhat changed the discussion about that. So that was one successful thing. The public are not falling, but the discussion has been changed. But one of the reasons why it isn't working as well as they hope is. On Twitter, they're retweeting articles where Scholz himself, and I think we mentioned it last year, I think as late as December, after all the um, very anti-Semitic protests broke out. I mean, there were folks who legitimately protested what they perceived to be military overreach, but there were others who were just outright anti-Semitic. And at that point, even Scholz said, yes, we need to deport at a mass scale. It said so in their Spiegel. And we haven't quite landed in 1984 in the novel where that was already forgotten. So people are like, whoa. So the, the interesting thing is that it's then all about semantics. And that's the game that the left has always played very well. Rather than calling it a deportation, they called it a forcible expulsion or almost tantamount to ethnic cleansing. So AFD is planning ethnic cleansing or forceful expulsion. Whereas Scholz himself said, we need to deport on a mass scale. So they're like, weren't you asking for that as well? So that's exactly quite, no exactly, and I mean this was this was on the like you said this was on the title of their Spiegel, um, and it's not like and it's not only him that's been saying this, it's been it's been Sarah Wagenknecht. Um, it's I mean this is you have people from the the Liberal Democratic Party, the Christian Democrat Party, um, the the uh, the SPD and Scholz, the Chancellor himself, who said it. Um, you you won't find this from the Green Party, but uh, if if that's that's the point is that this this narrative that deportations are going to take place has become somewhat mainstream but it's 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 interesting that perhaps the AFD and anybody at that meeting went a little too far because they said they're going to buy um, they're basically going to get rid of people who are of um, uh, foreign descent that uh, have a german passport they're going to be asked to leave germany as well well i you know i i'm not going to go into the legal um debate on this however it is interesting to note that one of the most liberal countries in europe has been doing this and that's denmark who by the way just has a, got a new king today king frederick the 10th but anyways denmark has been very strict uh, when it comes to immigration Denmark has a policy that says you can't have 30% or more mi of, of migrants within a neighborhood. Uh, Denmark has been very much pushing closed borders, et cetera. 
And Denmark is governed by the Social Democrats, a, a liberal party. So um, the, the thing is, in, in my assumption, uh, in, in this whole debate about banning the AFD, this is a, uh, uh, a perfect fit to, to push that debate. However, I don't know how long they will keep this up. And with the way 2024 has been going... Um, I don't see that uh, you're going to keep up any topic for more than two weeks. I mean, there is something else. Um, and Fabian, um, uh, please push back because I'm not quite sure 100% about the quality of that survey. There is another thing, and you've hinted on the phenomenon, which is Denmark and social Democrats. And that it, that you being part of the economic left does not necessarily equal or equate as we say these these days that you need to be super pro open borders and pro migration i mean again a reminder it used to be the parties on the left that heavily heavily opposed um, immigration because right. they knew it drove down wages it um, drove up prices it made the company store um more powerful in, in the us uh, uh, some beautiful songs about the company so i sold my soul to the company store and all these things were actually made worse by immigration so the left traditionally and um, it's only a recent addition that suddenly we've got this open border pro-immigration right left. i mean but i think that's that's the um that is the major uh shift that has been taking place uh since i mean most openly in the west obviously since 2016 uh, with Brexit, with with Trump, uh, with Steve Bannon pushing the notion that it's the the working class that the um, the, the Republican base has, the Republican Party has to embrace. Uh, the Brexit movement was was something that was carried by the working class. Um, the the parties on the right, and I'm not talking about the uh, middle of the road, uh, the Rhino conservatives, as as they would be labeled in the United States. Um, they're obviously not pushing any of the topics that the the the, uh, the working class is embracing, but it's it's more or less the parties that the mainstream media labels as the far right or the nationalist populist movements, and these have been pushing, these parties have been pushing immensely against massive immigration. That has been the 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 core factor that has united basically all nationalist populist movements across the west and mind i say that we are going to witness i mean with 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 one thing the viewers need to understand too with germany we are on the verge of a of of new parties rising that will end the post-war party structures that existed in Germany. Germany. It, let me ask you this. Is it going to be yes. allowed to happen? Is it going to be allowed? Structurally, you won't be able to get around it. Hmm. There be is something. Because, something. look, Sarah Wagenknecht is a leftist, but she's an anti-immigration leftist. She's an anti-woke leftist. She's one of those classical... I need to fight for workers' rights, but we need closed borders and patriotism type leftists, which, by the way, existed. Let's be fair. I mean, if you even look in the in the history, the old the, the old Democratic Party, Party. Yeah. it's like the old Democratic Party too. Exactly, mm -hmm. the working class. You you fight for the working class, but you. I mean, this is one of the things that this is why Marxism shifted from 
economic aspects aspects to cultural aspects because they realized after World War One that you couldn't win the working class. The Marxists believed that in order to get the great revolution to overthrow the bourgeoisie, they all workers of the world would unite. Come come 1914, a French worker fought for France while a German worker fought for Germany and a British work, uh, worker fought for the Brits and a Russian fought for the Tsar in Russia. They didn't rise up all in unity to fight the upper class. They fought for their own country. So Marxism, in that essence, was defeated in its own argument. And the, the classical left stuck to their nation while the more global left went to the cultural sphere. This is So that, that's one of the interesting battles that I believe are going to even take a place among the left, is that you're going to have parties on the left that will embrace the national populist anti-immigration policies while being obviously very left when it comes to, I don't know, taxes, economics, in, 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 in essence. But the 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 danger or what the right did in especially the 19 1980s was the right focused solely on economics and it and it all became about making money but completely forgetting the cultural aspects and disregarding the working class and that's why i think it's interesting that uh, come 2016 that shift has now started to take place back to embracing the working class and the left has completely um, abandoned this field and with with the with these protests rising and what the farmers are doing in Germany you know blockading politicians that's something that they did themselves that's something the greens and the left did themselves and they are now whining how dare they do what we our tactics what we used to do right but the uh, the avant-garde is now the establishment that's so there 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 just real quick there are cracks in the U.S., I mean, and I, and now we're seeing them in Europe, and there has to be a movement to not accept what they're trying to do and to pour gas on the fire of these cracks that are widening and allowing freedom to, you know, green shoots, whatever you want to call it, cracks in the matrix that they're trying to control us with. But they're going to accelerate. I mean, the World Economic Forum is meeting next week, and you yeah. know they're going to accelerate their tactics. And tyranny. Essentially, you had Bulgaria come out this week saying we need censorship. We have is very Orwellian. You know, we put out a, uh, a title. Hold on. Um, Bulgarian's defense minister calls for mass surveillance and indoctrination. And that's a globalist government in Bulgaria. So you this is going to happen on a more accelerated basis because they're caught now. We know what they're doing and, and the people are waking up. So we cannot accept what they're trying to do. Oh, and believe me, I think, and 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 to go even a step further, I believe that um, in in this regard, especially you know, conservative patriots across the West, refrain from violence. Exactly. Do not do not do anything stupid. Don't do a January sixth. Don't play into their cards. Yeah, sure. Back 
super interesting what Fabian said and, and what you said at bracket. No, let, let, let's revisit that question. So, I mean, there are two ways that a, um, that a system that loses legitimacy quickly can, can do to paper over the, the, the chasms that start opening. One is change strategy. And the, um, the smart way to, to, to do that would be doing the Tony Blair thing and suddenly saying, okay, we're all centrist and we're going to mm -hmm. limit that and we'll boil the frogs. That would be the smart thing right now. That would be too. the smart thing. However, luckily for us, at least nationally, and it is interesting, you see these articles all over the place about the comp competency crisis, which is something we can do an own feature on. If, if you look at the top three Green Party politicians in Germany, and you look at their biographies, we've got a, a social worker, um, which is the Minister of Agriculture. So you can see how, how, how he would vibe with, with the farmers, a classical kind of vegetarian social worker type, Mr. Oetstermier. Then we've got a third-rate children's book author, who's at the moment the Vice Chancellor and, 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 and Minister of Economics, Mr. Habeck, the one who they chased back. Then we've got Annalena Baerbock, who's constantly displaying like gaffes that would be worthy of Joe Biden. Like we're either, I mean, her, her English isn't terribly good, which would be forgivable, forgivable, but then she has like this verbal diarrhea going on where she just starts talking a bit like Kamala Harris, but a Kamala Harris that speaks in whole sentences and doesn't always giggle. But she mm -hmm. then says like uh, remarkable things like, well, they are at war with Russia, not with each other. And you're like, wow, you're the foreign minister. You just just, just declared war on another country by, by mm -hmm. accident. Or you say, well, ultimately, it doesn't matter what the German voters think. I've given Ukraine my word. And then these kind of things. <laughs> yeah, so those are yeah. terribly smart people. My grandfather yeah. fought at the border in Poland for Europe. What year yeah. was that? 19? Yeah, and then she, she then said he fought there in August 1945. Where, you know, so, so those are the people we're dealing with at a national level. They aren't terribly smart. That's not to say, and I mean that the terrible news for a lot of folks a couple of years ago was enough to look to Berlin or to Washington or to Brussels. And now the decisions are made away from Brussels and Washington and, and Berlin. And the likes of the Tony Blair Institute and probably the star of the WF is setting, but the likes of the Tony Blair Institute and a lot of globalist institutions that, yeah, they are, I, do, I do think they are smart people, but how much they will actually effectively manage to govern into German affairs remains to be seen. And, and, and I mean, once you've got a government like that overtly, a government of not terribly smart people flailing and trying to say the farmers are, 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 are right-wing extremists and the public says, no, they're not. Oh, okay, but they have been hijacked and the public says, no, they're not. And then you try very transparently to say, well, they're planning ethnic cleansing. You're like, you called for mass deportation too. So it's, it's going to be hard, but not, not impossible. And I mean, systems do two things when they're in crisis. Either they change tact, and as I said, difficult if they're not terribly smart and they are not, or they double down, and I expect they will be doing a lot of down and they're uh, doubling down, and by, by that way eroding a lot further legitimacy. One point, and that was sort of as a footnote there, and I need to spell it out directly. And Fabian, help me to to assess how credible that poll is. There is another dark horse, and you hinted that there is. 
In the latest poll, yes, AFD is at 24%. However, that poll didn't give people the choice to actually um, vote for Wagenknecht's new communist split, or, or, uh, split off um, or breakaway party. And that party in that poll, but I'm not sure how reliable that poll has reached 14%. And they stole 14 out of, uh, they, they stole 4% from the AFD. And we could call them, not even that exaggerated, a genuine national socialist party, minus all, you know, all the, I, I would say minus all the racism, but still talking hard, hard left economically, but talking somewhat right when it comes to defending the borders. And I mean, them at 14%, I mean, that would be pretty much the third or fourth strongest party. So there is an interesting dark horse. And, and, and the interesting thing about that party is, yes, Sarah Wagner clearly understands that mass uh, migration is bad for the workers. But there was another woman in her party who said, well, there's not going to be mass, and then her, her name is some sort of a foreign name, there's not going to be mass deportation under my um, tenure. So it is an interesting dark so her name is her, her name her name is something Muhammad Ali. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, no, it is. It is. I'll, I'll yeah. look it up. But yeah. Um, but that poll, uh, Christian, is so. I mean, there's so many divergences because others say they are only at four percent. Yeah. No, so so it's, that, that it's is too interesting. early to tell. But if the way things are going, and as I hinted earlier, the the post-war party system, which you have the CDU, the SPD, the FDP, um, then later in the 80s, the Greens, that is shifting. Um, you, you will have you'll have the IFD, the CDU could could within the next 10 years implode. I mean, which center right party in Europe has not imploded? The British Tories are about to. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about the French Republicans? They don't exist anymore. I mean, Le Pen completely destroyed uh, anything uh, to the to the to the left right of her. Um, Italy, um, Austria. I mean, Austria. I mean, in, in Austria, when when there's elections, you're going to have the FPÖ dominate. Uh, Sweden, uh, you have the Sweden Democrats. I mean, what I'm what I'm pointing at is that any centrist party is going to be annihilated and it's happening all over Europe and the country of punctuality, Germany is always late with everything. So um, they'll be late with this too. But I just, I think you're going to see the IFD. You're going to see the, the, the Zara Wagenknecht party. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the CDU starts imploding, the, the conservative branch that is uh, splitting off now, the um, the Wertunion. It'll be interesting to see if the Bavarian Christian Democrats, the CSU, will then pull the plug and say, all right, we're going national. We're going to be the new conservative Christian farmers party or whatever. I mean, that could happen as well. Then you'll have the Greens. I think the liberal Democrats won't even be a topic. They'll be out. Um, and the SPD is just, they're going to be destroyed in the election too. They'll be at 20, uh, 10 or 14%, even if, if that. So uh, that means that all the traditional party structures, the way they used to be, will be changed. And it, I mean, who knows? I mean, anything is possible. And with the way things are going in Europe. Um, and the other thing too, German elections will be in 2025. That means if in the <laughs> United States, Trump were to win, 
the 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 plug on Ukraine will be pulled. That means Germany will be in a position to choose a side or be forced to choose a side or even be forced to say, okay, I mean, I I I personally predict that Trump is going to put uh Germany in the position to say, you guys need to you need to find a way to get along with Russia because we're not going to do it for you, which could even spark the IFD's incentive, which they've been using ever since the Ukraine war started to say that Germany has to find a way to get along with Russia. I mean, these are all things that are on the table. Let me ask you this. How do we, with like Georgia Maloney and um, others, and we've had it in the U.S. where someone gets into office, Mike Johnson, you know, I have a biblical worldview and then sells out the entire country. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent that in Europe and in Germany Because I think in Italy it's happened. I don't know if she got an offer she couldn't refuse or she was, you know, dirty from the beginning. But it's a recurring thing here. And the other thing is, you know, to spark a J6 thing like we've talked about and and they did it in Brazil. But the playbook is open for all to see. So are Germans smart enough to see those? Germans are naive. East Germans are not. I mean, uh, West Germans are naive. East Germans basically are not. Uh, they have a more realistic <coughs> worldview. Um, let me let me pu- let me put the ball back in your court and ask you this, Todd. Do you think that Europe is sovereign? No, no. So when neither is not- the U.S. Pardon? <laughs> neither is the U.S. Neither. Is the- <laughs> so if 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 these countries are not sovereign, what can these people do? I mean, that's the thing. Well, that's true. I mean, like I said, they're getting an offer they can't refuse or they are, you know, look at Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, first of all, if anyone is, you know, if Soros paid for your education, you're, you're marked right for life. If, if you're on one of the World Economic Forum, you know, global leaders list like he was, for, you're marked. So no matter what you say, no matter how conservative or anti-immigration or all the right things you say, once you get in power, you're going to change. And like he did yesterday, he, he outed himself. And so now even the most, you know, naive people can say, well, that was kind of weird. So, you know, that is happening everywhere. Uh, Nikki Haley, I mean, you know, the, the, the dominatrix of the forever wars and you have, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? DeSantis. I mean, he's running an election fraud cartel. So, how do you, I don't know what's going to happen, but no, we're not sovereign unless we get Trump back in the White House. He's the only one that can fix this problem. So, I mean, there's one maybe a ray of hope, Fabian, and do correct me. So mm-hmm. one, one of the things that I've forever criticized about the German right and applies for every populist right. So the more you marginalize the, the, the populist right, the less quite often they get unsavory characters because those people who've got another career or got other career options to themselves either say no i'm going to run for the milk toasty christian democrats or i'm not going to bother with politics at all which is what most of conservative citizens have done if i look around the amount of um friends from who are conservative conviction have most mostly not gone into the state sector they haven't become teachers they haven't you know bothered with politics because they, they say, well, look, it's, it's it's a lot of hassle for very little money. Why? Um, so so they did. And then so and then and sure as heck, so is going as that is especially so if you join 
a right of center party in Germany, it means you're going to be defamed. It means quite often you're going to be physically assaulted, uh, grievously sure. physically assaulted. You will have your house smeared with feces, whatnot. So, so that drives out a lot of high quality candidates. But those, in spite of it all, there were a, there are a couple of high quality people that have emerged from the AFD, who I don't think after having been hardened that way, will kowtow to offers they can't refuse. I mean, for instance, um, one of the main AFD leaders in Germany, Mrs. Weidel, you know, is a woman who worked for McKinsey, speaks Chinese, and is very, very unpopular. Um, and there are a couple of other very capable people. So I don't see them having been outside the system for so long and having foregone like these good offers for that long, um, it's going to be harder. You know, I mean, if, if you really, really, if you really, really harden um, people of a party like that, it, it's going it's gonna to be difficult to, to simply... So in other words, you're saying them. that strategically... Um, from an establishment point of view, this is pretty stupid because they didn't invite the IFD members to the cocktail party. So now they won't uh, they won't be able to give them any offers that they can't resist. Yeah, and I think Ang Anglo-Saxon countries have always been that much better at that. Like, hey, if you can't defeat them, why don't you join us in our nice right. wood paneled club and drink a bit right. of brandy? Right. Like, look at look at Boris. Look at what happened in Britain. Look at look at. Uh, Look at, you know, everything that the Brexit people believed in, they're all gone. And guess who's back? The Remainers. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point you raise. I, you know, perhaps perhaps there that that Germanic thoroughness of process comes in where um, in, in, in some countries it'll be milk toast, whereas in. In, in Germany, they're going to take it serious and they're going to go all the way. I mean, I don't I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a great question you ask. Um, I, I think um, I just think that that is only going to be possible if the structures that have made up the, 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 the international order that especially Western countries abide by. Um, either ceases to exist or gets completely reformed. So in other words, the European Union evolves or devolves into something new. NATO either becomes a, a, a military uh, alliance that is serious or uh, it, it, it's, it's dropped. Um, I mean, that, that, so in other words, if, if, if all of these countries are now not tied to any of these institutions, they're going to do sovereign things on their own, but um, that's a question we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, th th that's another thing to really ask, like, does NATO have a future? And if it doesn't, what are the Europeans going to do? Is there going to be an alliance between the French and the Germans? Is, is, is Marine Le Pen, if she becomes president of France, all of a sudden going to uh, start an alliance with Russia and, and will have a somewhat uh, quasi 19 late 19th century Europe back <laughs> where alliances are made across the board. I mean, there, obviously, if that were to happen, I don't think um, any of these politicians will have the time to be bribed because they're going to be caught up in, in these serious questions. Um, I don't know. Well, time you said out. something about being serious. I mean, 
the U.S. and the West, for, for that matter, have lost all moral authority and any seriousness. It, it's a clown show, like in the Hunger Games with the hats. Ooh, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's what mm -hmm. we're doing, literally. Right. So right. Um, it's gonna, there's going to have to be a period of a reset to where we can be believed again before we can ever, in my opinion, form alliances or anything. Because, you know, the U.S. is it, it's just a clown show. It, it, I, and I think they're doing this on purpose to humiliate and to lose morale into, um, or maybe they just feel like they have so much power or both that, you know, they have so much power that they can do what they want. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you have Paul Joseph Watson making videos that just completely humiliate uh, the United States military because of what the people who run the United States military do, you know, when you have these, <laughs> these admirals and, and, and all these sort of, uh, I don't know who are, I mean, when did the U.S. military become woke? It started under Obama. They, they fired 200 generals and then they brought in an officer corps that is just, you know, uh, duplicitous and, and treasonous. So, right. So when you, when, so when you have that happening, obviously, um, there's no serious, but Todd, I will say, let's not use the term, um, 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 reset. <laughs> well, true. Let, let's, let's talk about a reawakening. <laughs> well, I agree. Yeah. I won't have the reset button on here. I won't pull out Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so probably since Fabian, you're running up against a hard stop at 5:45. Three single thoughts from myself, and then we, we can tie um, wrap it up. And just the three thoughts that that I have is: so the interesting thing is not just okay, what will happen in Europe and what will happen to Germany, but also will the U.S. allow it to happen? And interestingly enough, the U.S. empire right now, as Fabian has posted, is is in not in its strongest shape and so i don't really see a budapest moment or even a maidan moment because it's all over the place that um that the challenges for for the us system are rising and it, it would take take a competent uh, politician to to sort that mess and a less antagonistic and a deal maker and we can all think who who might have a proclivity for actually doing good deals and has done that before so that'll be interesting. But even under him, I don't really see Budapest or Maidan movements as, as he's fundamentally uh, a sovereignty kind of person. Um, the one thing that I am I am uh, afraid is obviously, as, as you said, there, there is one, there are a couple of censorship monsters that have come out of Brussels and we haven't seen them experimenting with the new toolkit. I mean, there's a Digital <coughs> Services Act, which will pose a massive challenge for every U.S. company, however well-meaning they are. Um, I mean, I yet need to see what they're going to do with Twitter. But that Digital Services Act allows them to leverage fine against U.S. companies if they don't shut down certain discourse, which are going to be very, very painful. And, and anybody but a madman like Elon Musk will kowtow to that. So, so, And the problem with that, as with everything that's beyond the national scale, once it's in Brussels, politicians are like, yeah, you know, I don't really like it, but mm -hmm. it's a, it comes from Brussels. And same with the European Court of Human Rights. It's like, yeah, I mean, like in the UK, we wanted to deport, but yeah, European Court of Human Rights didn't say we we, we could. So so these these kind of uh, things might might very well provide a dark horse. I didn't I did not mean to entirely dismiss uh, the the potential to 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 actually massively rein in 
the, the populist um, uprising, uh, peaceful uprising um, that we talked about. And with that, I hand over to Fabian for the final thoughts. All right. Well, my final words are what Todd asked earlier still rings in my mind is, will they allow it to happen? I think that's the question for 2024, uh, 2025, the election years, um, big decisive years. Will they allow it to happen? I mean, if you listen to uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who I really, really like listening to, he's been constantly saying he doesn't believe that we'll get to 2024. In other words, he doesn't believe we'll get to the elections. Um, and uh, I think there's some truth to that because um, unfortunately, we're sort of bumbling, stumbling into incredibly stupid, dangerous situations that potentially, I mean, hey, Look at the Ukraine. What did Zelensky do? Oh, we have war. We will not have election. Oh, I mean, it's it's some it's a possibility, and it's a dangerous possibility. So, uh, stumbling into any situations, and in 2020 with with COVID, um, you you had the massive infringement of of uh, of a free life. So that is something I do worry about for this year. And 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 to sort of metaphorically describe the situation we're in kind of reminds me of uh, Lord of the Rings um, where uh, the kingdom that that the the writer kingdom of Rohan uh, has a king who is in sort of a gray state of mind and he has this nasty rat-like advisor and uh, he, this guy placed the king of Rohan in this state of mind where he can't make sovereign decisions and unless somebody goes in there to throw this guy out and to uh, sort of do an exorcism on the king to relieve him of those demons, um, we are still in that sort of paralyzed state of mind where we can't really do anything. Um, so it will it will take somebody brave enough to throw out <laughs> the demons in our in our halls of government. With that being said, I wish you all a great Sunday. Yes. So I'll close with. My son sent me Romans 13, 12 last night. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. So that's how I will end the show. Amen. All right. Thank cheers. You. Take care.